Hey there to all of our automotive friends and enthusiasts from all around planet Earth. You're listening to another... Another Craig episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Craig? Craig. Craig. It means an enjoyable social activity or a good time. Wow, I know a bunch of Craigs, and yeah. most of them are not that. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been opposite day when they were born. Well, yeah. well you know. Uh, this is the V8 Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Oste, joined, as always, by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball-Clark. And I'm having a good time. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh Thank you for listening to the number one rated muscle car podcast. Oh, yes. V8 Radio, according to the streaming service Player FM. So that's pretty cool. Thank you, Player FM. Yeah, and thank you to whoever clicks on Player and listens that bumped our ratings into the number one muscle car podcast. And you know what wasn't number one? Car, car talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think in all the rest of the automotive categories, yeah, it's pretty much. car talk. But, but I'm just, taking this. I'm going to have this. Yeah. Well, that was last week, too. It might have changed. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. You've got to take them little victories. That's right. Yeah. Savor them. Uh, this show starts off every episode with an interesting thing that we call an automotive trivia question. Ooh, do yeah. tell. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of a... Kind of a pop quiz, if you will, <laughs> of random, useless <laughs> nonsense. Uh, have you prepared a? Uh, well, your 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 questions are important. Mine are random, useless nonsense. But what do you got? Yeah. All right, here we go, Kev, in uh, and listener. In 1954 and 1956, our friends at General Motors debuted the Firebird One and Firebird Two concept cars, respectively. Mm. What was so unique about these two cars? The Firebird 1 and the Firebird 2. Mm-hmm. Firebird 1 and 2. Well, interestingly, uh, I kind of had Firebirds on the brain today because uh, some Facebook group had a guy who was complain. I mean, like offended that his Firebird got called a screaming chicken. That's a badge of honor. Well, that's what this guy didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's a younger enthusiast who's new to the whole thing. And he was at a local show or a cruise or something. And somebody's like, hey, a nice fire chicken or nice, <laughs> nice uh, screaming chicken. And the guy <laughs> lost it. And he's like, I will not have that. This is a fire bird. It is a phoenix. It's well, actually, the funny thing is he thought it was an eagle, which it's not. <laughs> oh, no, it certainly is not. No. All right. Firebird one and two. General Motors concept cars. I'm going to say the unique thing about both of those cars is they had three wheels each. Hmm. Three wheels each. That's my guess. I seem to recall the Firebird 1 and 2, and I don't think they had turbine engines, although that's probably my second guess. Uh, But I do recall them being like pointy arrow-looking things. And I, I think they were three-wheelers. Okay. And if they're three-wheel turbine-powered, then I, I get both. I'm just making up additions to your question <laughs> to stack my odds. <laughs> I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> well, you know, politicians, they, uh, they don't answer the question you asked. No, they do not. They answer the question they want to tell you about. Right. And speaking right. of fun on Facebook, that happened today, too. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, but it was it was epic. I, I tossed a question out, which was a requ- to a group, which was a request for a photograph of a car. And I, I don't want to get too specific to bag on these guys because it's a it's a nice group, you know, normally. Yeah. But it was a very specific thing that I wanted to see on a specific car, and I put another picture up as an example of the kind of the same thing. And they gave me every possible answer except what I asked. The one you wanted, yes. Right. Well, what about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did this. Oh, you should buy this. It's like, no, I'm not asking what I should buy. I just want to see a picture. Right, right. Uh, Call no, this no, no, guy no. over here. He can have that for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah, good times. Facebook. Good times. All right. All right, so that's my final answer. All right, so Kevin says uh, they had three wheels each, or threw in maybe they have turbine engines. Yeah. All right. And I think they also had like a vertical tail fin, like an airplane. Uh They were, it was a crazy looking car. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can throw that in there too. All right. So I have a question for you that's nowhere near as fascinating. Uh, In the the year of uh, Anno Domini 1957. Okay. Uh, what was the highest selling American car in 57? What was the highest selling American car mm-hmm. in 1957? Who was the sales king of 57? Ooh, okay. All right. Um, 57 was the last year of your Tri-5 Chevys. Mm-hmm. Um, classic. Classic. Icon. Uh, ho- however, my... I remember my father-in-law, who was a, a little hot rodder around during that time, remembers that they didn't sell all that well. Hmm. Uh, so I don't think the 57 Chevy was the highest-selling car, the best-selling car that year. So are we talking about model or what um, what manufacturer? Um, or what, what division? Yeah, make, and, make and model, I guess. Make and model. Okay. All right, yeah, man. I mean, I think some of these, it's hard to say. I think it's a platform, put it that way, because some of these platforms have multiple multiple models. You know, like the 57 Chevy has the 210, it's got the Bel Air, right. it's got the Nomad, but but you yeah. can kind of rope that into the 57 Chevy because there really wasn't any other car platform in 57. If you think about it, they really only had like, they didn't have a Nova small car. Or Correct. A, you know. So I just, you know, hmm. kind of like that, I guess. Yeah, this is a, man, this can go all over the place. Um, 1957, you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, you're getting into tail fins, uh, yeah. getting into the space age. Right. It was, uh, wasn't, wasn't it the year before the IGY? The International Geophysical Year? I think that was 58. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, uh, a concept of like space age utopia that they, oh. they were really trying to conceive and develop and some stuff happened. In fact, there's a Donald Fagan song. The, you know, the lead singer from Steely Dan did a solo record and he's got a song called IGY. Oh, no kidding. And, uh, yeah, yeah. New York to Paris. What, what, what's the lyrics on that train of graphite and glitter undersea by rail uh i think he says 15 minutes from new york to paris oh wow 
in 76 will be A-OK. So I think they were like predicting the 70s, what would be happening oh. back in 58. I'll have to check it out. S- spandex jackets for everyone. <laughs> Thank God that didn't come true. Yeah, sure. um, all right, so back to your question. What was the best-selling make and model in 1957? 90 minutes from New York to Paris. Sorry, just... 90 <laughs> minutes from New York to Paris. All right. Under, under sea by rail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thanks, many, Steely uh, Dan. All right, well, here yeah, we go. Right. Um, Biggest selling car in 1957 was... Was the... I'm going to... This is not the right answer, um, no. but I'm well, going to say... Maybe, maybe give us the right one. Well, if if I knew the right <laughs> one, I'd give it... <laughs> Oh gosh! I mean, what the Thunderbirds coming to mind? But that can't, that cannot be right. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against my father-in-law, and I'm gonna say the '57 Chevy. Okay, and and I'll, you know, we'll include like two ten, yeah, two ten, yeah, one fifty two ten Bel Air, no Nomad, man, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Duly noted. Thank you. All right. Well, that's out of the way for now, but it's yeah. going to come back with the answer later with on. With a vengeance. Yeah, well. So this has been uh, a pretty exciting time for a couple things. Uh, we got huge news on the GTO. We do. But before we get there, I got a couple other things I want to touch on real Please. fast. Um, first of all, we have a shout out to uh, a listener named Steve Harden and his buddy, uh, Mark, I believe. And uh, Steve sent me uh, an email saying that him and his buddy were going to be traveling to the Midwest Roadster Run in Alton, Illinois, and they wanted to swing by the shop. They listen to the podcast. They want to swing by the shop. Oh, So we said, absolutely. So these dudes drove 32 Ford Roadsters. Um, Mr. Harden drove his from Indianapolis. And his buddy drove it from Vermont. Oh, my word. Yeah. And he's got like 160-some thousand miles on this thing. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and Steve also has, you know, a ton of miles on his, too. So here's a couple of guys who drive their hot rods all the time. And Love it's great. it. Yeah. It was really cool to see those guys and him stop in and spend a few minutes. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, and you put a snapshot of that up on the uh, V8 Speed and Resto page, the Facebook page. Right, that's right. I did. Yeah, good looking cars. Great looking cars. Amazing. Yeah. They're both just right. I thought. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, perfect. Well so done. So, th- in that picture, there was uh, like a f- a sixth gen Camaro. Those two thirty two Fords. A sixty seven Camaro. I think a Corvette in the background, and everything in the picture was Chevy powered. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the two thirty four thirty. The one the 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 high mile car has a two eighty three in it. Does it really? And uh, yeah, cool. and a little seven hundred R. He just cruises that thing everywhere it needs to go. Wow! But it just doesn't quit. Yeah, no, no way. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on briefly for a few minutes is uh, this past weekend, uh, I had the uh, the the pleasure and the honor of working at the. 37th annual Continental Tire Street Machine Nationals in Duquoin, Illinois. Right on. Yes. It's back, baby. We're back. Yes. And that that's the message here is that 2020 canceled all the events. There was a, a couple that happened, but 
in, in the hot rod world, and especially in Illinois, nothing happened. Right. And it was so great to have this event uh, come back. And it was a perfect weather weekend. Mm. We had sunshine and, and uh, 80, 80 some degree weather the whole time. And after the uh, final award ceremony at uh, 2 p.m., we we're probably wrapping up by 3.30 or so. Then some clouds just started rolling in. Wow. And it literally just started to spit a little bit of rain. So it rain held away. Up, yeah, till after. And that was really cool. And uh, so the Street Machine Nationals is kind of a, a legendary show if you were there in the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Today, heard, it's, to- it's totally different. Yeah, we've heard the stories of the past about yeah. how, how out of control it was. It was. And, and it was, you know, at the time, it was great. Um, lots of burnouts and debauchery and more debauchery and mm-hmm. more burnouts and a lot of cars, a lot of vendors. And uh, a lot of the people that were there, at, you know, this time had been to those, mm-hmm. you know, and remember it, um, myself included. This was the 30th anniversary of my first trip to oh, the no Street kidding. Nats. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and and today, in addition to having the uh, uh, COVID thing happen a lot of people were asking questions, you know, about why is this different? And, uh, you know, let, let, let's bring back the old days. And, and I just wanted to take a moment to touch on a few things. So what we had here this past weekend was over 50 pro street cars in pro street alley. Very cool. It is very cool. And, and pro street, I think the most solid definition I can give you is that these are cars that were meant to look like NHRA pro stock racers, but completely street legal and drivable. Yes. So the requirements are giant rear tires, big wheel tubs, Mm -hmm. and a secondary requirement is an outrageous engine, preferably with a blower coming through the hood or turbos or, you know, nitrous and all that stuff. And that's the, that's the bare minimum. And then on top of that, you know, there's graphics and interior and, and all the rest. So, the pro street crowd is unique in the sense that it's like a sub niche of, of hot rodding. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. It's not super popular. Like, like from a size of the, of the niche, but pro street enthusiasts go all in a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love pro street. I always have. It's cool, yeah. uh, but you can't fake a pro street car. You can't no. put vinyl graphics on a car and it becomes pro street. You have to tub it. You have to put a four link in the back. You have to do the motor and all the rest mm-hmm. of the stuff. So these cars are like huge projects, you know, tons and tons of work. And to see 50 of them or more of very high caliber, all polished up. Some of these were built back in the day in the late eighties, early nineties, and they survived and they still exist you know, almost identically to the way they, they used to look like, and others are brand new builds. And, you know, one in particular was uh, our buddy Wally Elder, who in 1991 debuted a uh, 69 Dodge Daytona, bright red, huge Hemi coming through the hood. Nice. You know, the wing car with the nose cone. And he, he eventually sold that car and regretted it ever since. Mm. So 30 years later, he just finished rebuilding 
another 69 Daytona that at, at a glance looks identical to his first one, uh-huh. but has far more technology in it and a far more powerful Hemi and, you know, carbon fiber blower scoop and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and that was unveiled at the, at the street machine nationals. I, I saw the picture of that uh, online. That was, a, that was a crazy looking car. Oh, it's insane. Unbelievable. It's, it is. It's really, really super nice. And, mm-hmm. and the engineering is there and, and it's, it's for real. So, what this is saying is that the Street Machine Nationals is like the only place, I think, in the world where you can see that many high-caliber pro street cars and meet the owners and, and hang out with these guys and cruise the fairgrounds with them and all that. So that's that's a pretty special thing, you know, and, and sure. you don't have to be into these cars to go there and get blown away by the colors and the just the presentation and uh, the camaraderie. It's it's a lot of fun. So that in itself is worth going to see. And the uh, Bonnier Corporation that that owns the event is working with the Pro Street guys to uh, enhance that whole experience and make it even a a bigger thing. Um, So that's really cool. Uh, Plus all the rest of the cars that were, you know, regular uh, you know, some daily driven cars with just a couple of mods all the way up to, uh, you know, you, you name it. Everything's there. Mm-hmm. Trucks and hot rods and muscle cars and, and street rides and classics. So the car count this year in 21 was better than 19 before COVID. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. That's, and it that's t- the greatest it, thing that could have happened. Yeah. And it tells you that people want to get out and do stuff again. Yes. And go have fun. Now, I think we all look at the past with rose-colored glasses and we try to, you know, we oh, yeah, a couple of years ago, this thing was, you know, much bigger. Well, really, it actually wasn't from a car count standpoint. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was bigger was the presence of some of the vendors and, and the okay. displays. And a lot of people were asking, you know, where is this guy? Where is this company? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Because the, that was that was light. And I was trying to explain to these uh, uh, participants that, a lot of these companies that you're asking about are still not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they don't want to risk committing to a, an event that might be canceled or, you know, nobody shows up or whatever. So some of the participants were saying, you know, you'd have more people here if you had more vendors. Well, yeah, you'd have more vendors if you had more people. Yeah. It's, it's a catch 22. So right. what really needs to happen is the show, people have to look at the quality of the show for what it is and want to come and then everybody will come. You know, you mm-hmm. build it, they will come. So Great. as a preview of, of 2022, I think we can expect something really huge uh, because I don't know anybody that didn't have a good time and didn't enjoy coming to this one. And there was a burnout contest and, you know, the dino challenge and all that fun stuff. But they're working on having more things to do throughout the whole weekend because it's a, it's a three-day show, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. And uh, to really make it worth a trip to go. And it's great to see the event organizers are, are listening and they're planning. So it was fun. Well, and then uh, for me, the mind bender was I got to MC the stage and, and host the stage all weekend. So, you know, I was telling Kelly 30 years ago, I was just some, some 
you know, random just some dude uh, with spectator. doing some debauchery and some burnouts well, and stuff. <laughs> walking walking through the gates, you know, with no car or no nothing, uh-huh. uh, with a couple friends of mine, and you fast forward, and and now I I was fortunate enough to be the guy uh, on stage doing the ceremonies and the presentations yeah. and emceeing the burnout contest. Now, and, now you're the mayor of the street nats. Uh, no, I would not <laughs> say that by any stretch. Uh, but I might be like streets and sand, you know. There you go. <laughs> Parks and Rec, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be the dog catcher of it. <laughs> but, but at least I'm on the masthead, you know. It's uh, yeah. it was very cool, and I hope to have that opportunity again because uh, that that show was special back then, and it still is today, and it's uh, it's only going to get better. So that was cool. Good deal. That has to be just so good for you to be able to be out there and get back because I know you love doing things like that. And you love being around people and you love just hosting these things and just being in the whole vibe. It's got to be really, really good for your soul. It really was, you know, and it was, uh, again, kind of a touchy time because the state of Illinois had their mask mandate, you know, like in full swing until about a week and a half ago. Right. And there was a a whole bunch of people that said, no, I don't want to go to that if I have to wear my mask, Mm -hmm. which I get, you know, masks suck. But then with the amount of people that are getting vaccinated, they, they dropped that for the vaxxed people and all that. So a lot of people couldn't change their plans in time. Mm. Um, so we missed some of those people. And then they changed the dates. They, they actually uh, they moved it forward a little bit so that uh, it would potentially have better weather than later in June. But some people, their vacation is later and they failed to change but all their friends have been emailing them saying no no no, you gotta you gotta do this next time good yeah so that was really cool nice nice sounds like a good uh uh, re-emergence of that show that's only going to get better with time yes so the indicator is you know people are ready to get out there and go do things and drive their cars which you are so much closer to doing now such a segue i love it i love it (laughs) yeah um this is past weekend. Um, Randy and I got the GTO started. Yeah, it's so awesome. So it actually runs. It actually runs. And oh it sounds gosh. pretty decent. It sounds great. Yeah. 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 So you had sent over a, a video clip uh-huh. of it running. Uh, you actually streamed me. So at the Street Nats, uh, we camp, which is one of the options. You can put a camper on site or there's some nice campgrounds down the road. And when you had uh, reached out with a FaceTime of the car running, we were at the campsite, and my my reception was pretty sketchy. So oh. um, I saw like a a three twenty two hundred low res. Oh, know, I got you. A, a pixelated oh, version. Bummer. No, but that's why I asked you to email me the clip. Yeah. So it's uh, Saturday, right? And you you had family Saturday stuff afternoon. to do throughout the day. Yeah, I had to, I had to do some family stuff. I, I managed to. Uh, Get done with that and over to Randy's by about 5 p.m. He had been busy uh, putting things together. He had the radiator in for me. He had the, the battery cables in. Gotta the love that in. guy. Randy, oh, appreciate all that. He is the best. He yeah. is the absolute best. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did all kinds of little things that needed to be done to get, mm-hmm. it, to get it ready. And so by the time I got there, you know, we put hoses on. Um, the heater hoses, the upper and lower radiator hose, filled it with coolant, made sure we had oil, um, dropped the distributor in, timed it, made sure we had spark, put some gas in it, and said, all right, we're ready. Let's do it. Well, 
But okay, so let's back up earlier in the week because the the motor went in the previous week weekend. Yeah. Um, and then you said it, it probably on what Tuesday or Wednesday that you thought it might have to come back out. Yeah, we, we were back out there and we saw uh, a little bit of oil, uh, a drop of oil coming off of the back of the oil pan, right where the crankshaft mm-hmm. is. You know that, that mm-hmm. little that little radius. So we didn't know if it was the rear main leaking or if it was the pan gasket itself. But it never really got bad. So hmm. we decided for now we can live with this. And maybe later on, if we if we need to do something about it, we can pull the engine and we can address it. Yeah, I think that was the right decision because you had a good head of steam going. You didn't want to stop that momentum of getting no, this thing running. I did not want to stop that momentum at all. Yeah, yeah. So, so <clears throat> now it's uh, back to Saturday you're ready to turn the ready key to on turn this it thing. over yeah it turned it over and it, it sputtered for a second um we just didn't have any have any gas in the carb yet um now ready. you you had also mentioned to me during the week that you were rebuilding your other quadrajet did you do Correct. that or did you I did. start on the first i did do that so we i brought that carb over we used that it had all the vacuum ports we need we got everything Perfect. hooked up, yeah. Except the vacuum advance, I don't have the proper line yet, so it's just, it's just plugged off. Don't That's need fine. it yet. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, the vacuum modulator line, Randy, God dang it, he made a uh, he made a bracket to attach it to the back of the um, to the on the bell housing bolt with it where it mounts to the engine, mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> dude, it looks flipping factory. Oh, I, I swear bet. to God, it does. So it's one of those that kind of wraps around yeah, exactly. with a, a hole punched in the bottom, just like the, the original. Yeah, there's a perfect radius around that, around the yeah. line, and it flattens out, and it, it, it goes right there. And that line, that hard line, it runs a, it runs from the rear to the front of the valve cover, and it is perfectly parallel with that. Nice. I mean, it fits like a glove. I can't believe how great it fits. Nice. This guy, oh my goodness, he is something else. Um so we got everything hooked up and he's doing some stuff. He's checking for spark, making sure we have spark. Um, he timed everything, statically timed it. Now, one other hiccup that you had that we discussed before was the throttle linkage. Did you get that figured out or was no, it the other I carburetor? Ordered a, I ordered a throttle cable, a, new, a longer throttle cable. Gotcha. So that's on its way. That'll be here in a couple of days. Um, so put a little gas in the carb, hit the key. Immediately started. Nice. I mean, didn't even try to hesitate. Outstanding. And Randy is not phased at all. I'm like, I can't believe it started that quick. He's like, oh, I knew it was going to start that easy. This is what I do. Right. There you go. Okay. (laughs) I yield to your superior uh, skills. Well, you you hit all the elements if he had it timed. Yeah. And you had fuel where you needed it. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure he put power to it and checked, you know, coil and power and all that stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fuel air spark, man, boom. Yeah, it was perfect, and we let it run for a little while. And, and right at this point, we're dealing with some leaks. We have uh, some oil leaks. Um, it's leaking from the va- from the uh, valve covers, um, which we know that the using these cork gaskets, and they're just not great. Um, we may no try the to correct s- the correct term there is they suck. The- <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that euphemism. Suck of, out yeah, loud, they're, they're not great. No, those things <laughs> really they blow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um we had a, a little bit of a 
a couple of gas gas leaks. Uh, the the hard line going to the fuel pump. We didn't check it. We didn't follow our startup checklist. No. Nah. And uh, that line was a little loose. We tightened that up. That took care of that. The line going into the carburetor was a little was it was tight, but it was still leaking. But Randy was able to work it, and he got that stopped. Um, he did notice that there was some coolant leaking from behind um, from one of the freeze plugs on the head. Um, but it says if that's if it gets bad, or or what we can do is drain the coolant, fill it with water, and put some um, some sealant in there. What did he say? Some um, I can't remember the name of it, but. We'll fill that in. It'll seal, feel, seal from the inside, drain it, put coolant back in, and you'll be fine. For mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a slight leak that this is. Um, he started bleeding the brakes for me. Um, now you the the second video. So the first video that I saw was the engine running. Um, what did you guys do for a valve adjustment? Well, one of the we we static adjusted the valves beforehand. Uh, so we got everything, we got all the valves on their, on their respective base circles, got it tight, and then put in another half turn on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. But one lifter seems to be a bit more relaxed than the others. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be pumping up. So it was hammering pretty good when we, on the first start of it was, it was number one, a number one exhaust uh, valve. We were able to adjust it down. And so it's not making any noise, but it's still adjusted down a lot tighter than the rest are. So Hmm. I'm not sure if that's going to be a problem. It probably needs to be addressed. I probably should replace that lifter if it doesn't pump up properly. So, But but it is a roller, so it's not the cam going flat. It could be just a a lazy lifter. Yeah, so we might pull it out and try to get a a scope down in it, pull the push right out, see if we can get the scope down there and look at the lifter and see what it's Mm -hmm. looking like rather than have to pull everything apart. Well, and you got to change those valve cover gaskets anyway. So, yep. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. So, um, but other than the minor leaks, um, things are pretty cool. So, if I get that, we get those buttoned up, get a throttle cable, get the brake split, I could, I could drive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. So, the part of that video, you walked on the back of the car, and I got to hear it idle. So, the idle is super sweet. It is sweet. Yeah, the the cam and the compression, they just they sound really nice. Yeah. It does it does sound good. I got to admit. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> go ahead. It, it that's nothing to be ashamed of for sure. That that's a goal. What yeah. um I had forgotten what exhaust is on that thing? It's a uh, pipes two and a half inch um full stainless with X pipe with uh the uh, Race Pro mufflers. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sound it good. sounds good. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, now, did you guys rev this thing up at all, or were we just talking idling at this point? Uh, a little bit of rev. Not much. Okay. Not too much at all. He said, don't rev it anymore. I said, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One step at a time here. Yeah. Well, you got to check that it does rev, first of all. That you don't yeah. To... And it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, it, 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 it climbs the tack. So that's yeah. good. Did the tack work? Yes, tech does work. Yeah, man, it's just you're just hitting a thousand yeah. here. It's great. I believe you know. I I believe it works. I know I have a a, a lead for it. You know what? 
Maybe it doesn't work. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> well, you've got an MSD box on that thing, right? No, that's no, uh, MSD ready to run. That's uh, ready to no run. Box. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. So, but I do have an aftermarket tack that I I put into the clock hole of the um of the dash. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was working with the HEI um, uh, distributor that I did have. So I don't know yeah, if I can well, do something different with this. Yeah, the HEIs have a tech terminal right. on them. Correct. Um, the ready-to-run distributors, sometimes you need the adapter for them, but um, you'll find out. Yeah, I'll figure Otherwise, it out. Take it off Otherwise, uh, take it off the coil or something. But Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll get it going. Yeah, well, sweet. So... Um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think. You you you're hitting all the right stuff, and yep. uh, so a couple little knickknack things, yeah. you know, leaks and whatnot. And so, are we thinking maybe the next week or so, next couple of weeks, you'd be able to actually see if it moves? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're that we're that, we're right there. So I think Randy's uh, unfortunately he's he's works late all week this week, so we won't be able to get together. But maybe this weekend we can do something. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. I, 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 I'm still having a hard time believing that it, this really happened, you know, because it's been so oh, yeah. long. And yeah. I told, I told Randy, I'm like, I, I can't believe this really fired up and it's really running. He's like, why? I'm like, because I just, <laughs> I just didn't well, believe yeah. it would ever happen, man. There, Things don't happen like that for me. <laughs> yeah, there, there's two sides to that. There's the the mechanical side where. And that's where Randy's coming from. You know, you, you got your parts, you put them together, right? Yeah. And it has what it needs to run. Yeah. But then there's that psychological side where it's yes. like, you understand. Yeah. This thing has been out of my mind yeah. from, you know, the experience of having it run for so long. Mm-hmm. That it's going to take a little to get that to work back in. Yeah. But the more I, I put these videos I took on repeat and watch them all day, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about this now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, no. Maybe this cool. really is happening. Well, I think once it's in your garage, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I've experienced this in the past, too, where you work on something and you don't have it for a long time and then you get it all back together and you bring it back home and park it back in that same spot. And in some strange way, it's like, did that did that seven years even happen? Because <laughs> here it is and it runs and it's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I can go, you know. I can walk out, turn the key and hit it. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's one for you. How old are those tires? Oh, they're ancient. They need to be replaced. <laughs> yeah. Well, the tires I did have on it were the, these good years that my old man had. And they were, they were so bald on the back. They were ridiculous. They were, they were not safe from the time I got that car. Yeah. And the time when I got it, I drove on a power tour out to the, the Iowa Speedway and drove it on the Iowa Speedway. With these bloody, with these nice. slick ass ball tires, <laughs> not giving That's a great. flip about it. Yeah. But then I realized I should probably replace these tires. So, and mm-hmm. I knew that it wasn't going to. I think it was around the time it was still down for the count. But uh, I wanted to get just a better set of rubber on there. So I found mm-hmm. these used uh, Firehawk uh, tires that had plenty of tread on them. They're they're old, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of tread on them, and they'll be good for you know, doing a test run or something. But if oh, I want sure. to, if I want to do anything long, long distance, I'm definitely going to replace them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, 
they had that appearance where where when tires start to get old, they get kind of glazed looking. You, know. <laughs> you noticed that, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We we see I see so many of those at yeah. uh, at the shop because people buy cars, they've had them, and they just don't mm-hmm. get a chance to drive them, and they're like brand new tires that are yeah. twenty years old. And it's hard to tell somebody you need new tires. They're like, yeah. well, I just put those on. They're pr- they got 200 miles on. Well, yeah, but they're going to come, come apart as soon as they get heat in them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know I need to do that. And I'm and I'm totally fine with that. I, you know, I want, you know, to have my kids in there and, and my wife Jenny in there. And I, yep. I don't want to worry about having a blowout like that. No. So my advice to you is uh, start shopping for those tomorrow. Okay. Because if it's going to be a 16-week delay... Oh, don't say that. I'm just... I'm, I didn't say it. I did say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to keep that in mind. Um, yeah. I mean, I could probably just go the easy route and go to, like, Discount Tire and find something in that size. But I wanted something a little you cooler think than that. Discount Tire's got a 15 I, like that on the show? They probably have a 15. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Tra- I don't tra- know. Trailer tire? Or... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't think I don't think you can buy a car with 15s on it today. No, well, my Chevy Sonic has 15 inch tires. Yeah, but they're they're an inch and a half wide. That's true. That's true. You got me there. All right. And it's like a 75 series. It's like a 195 80 or something. You know what? <laughs> what is it? It's a pizza cutter. It is. It is. So yeah, that won't fit the GTO. No, you're right. Um, so that there's your uh, an, an additional homework assignment of okay. uh, checking that out. We will do that. And the gas, so you've been pouring gas in the carburetor. Is there anything in the tank? Oh, yeah, there's some pretty rancid gas in the tank. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so gross. I, it smells. I, I, would, I would try to pump that out. Okay. Rather than run it through. I don't, know, I don't even know how much is in there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Maybe Randy has a, a transfer pump or, you know, you can go to a, a parts store and get one of those little little knocker electric fuel pumps, like a random universal oh, right, in, right, inline right. pump. That's what we use. And you put a hose on it and just run it down in the tank and just pump the stuff into a bucket. And he's he's rural. He, he probably has the ability to have a, uh, you know, a, a barrel, a burn barrel or something, mm. you know, where you can get rid of it that way because yeah you know if it's within you know a year or so right a year and a half you know no, this is seven-year-old gas yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot of times you can take that stuff out running through the lawnmower and you know oh right 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 you get rid of it that way but if, if it was not stabilized <laughs> and it's uh seven years old i i wouldn't yeah because he um when we had that bit of a leak right at the carb He's like, holy cow, dude, this gas stinks. How old is it? I'm like, it's seven. He's yeah. like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he didn't, you know, fill the tank and then have the failure. You know? Yeah. Yes. There's nothing yeah. worse than a full tank of bad gas to no. deal with. No, that's not good. 16 gallons of bad gas. Yeah. Well, because what you end up doing, and I, I think a lot of people don't take it into account, especially on a new engine, if you've got that old gas in there, you end up trying to tune the thing with for the gas, gas. Yeah. right? And then when you put, you know, decent gas in it, it runs totally different again. Yeah. 
and you burned all that time trying to tune and compensate for it yep. if it runs at all. You know, be missing and stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with this? <laughs> but, but, but no, it's just trying to run it on water and varnish. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows whatever else permeated in there. <laughs> That's right. Well, that is super cool. Yeah, it's definitely some uh, exciting stuff. Yeah, so we shared uh, one of those video clips on uh, the V8 Radio Facebook page, and uh, it was great to see all the support. People were like, hey, heck yeah. Yeah, about time. <laughs> well, you know, but they're on your side. You know, everybody's yeah. excited. They want totally. to see it. Totally. See it move and, and uh, you know, see you go out and have some experiences with it again. Yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. I am really looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, it won't be long. It won't be long. Good times. <laughs> yeah. The, the the perils of the, the weekend garage that isn't available every weekend. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. But that's so great that he's helping you out and, oh, and the other guys it's, too. It's it's everything. It, this wouldn't have gotten done the way it has without his help. Yeah. At all. No, for sure. Yeah, and he's just and he's just genuinely happy to do it which is the, even the best part. I mean, he's not like, it's not like I'm forcing him, like, come on, man, help me out here. Come on, dude. No, no, not at all. No, he, he's he likes like, this dude, stuff. let's get this done. I love doing this stuff. And yeah. he's learning, too, because he has his uh, 70 judge, a real 70 judge that he's, uh, it currently has a big block Chevy in it because it was his drag car. And he wants to build a correct, factory correct Ram Air 3 motor in it. So he's learning a lot doing this one. Nice. So it's this has been good for both of us. Yep. Better well, for me, but good for him too. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, Pontiacs are, you know, they're a different animal. They um, are. From a Chevy. And you always hear that, you know, if, you, if you're if you an engine builder and you don't have experience with, with building a Pontiac or a Buick or even an Oldsmobile, mm-hmm. you know, they've got their... They've got their things. All their the what do you mean that distributor turns counterclockwise? That's right. What? That's the big, that's the big that's one. That's not what a Chevy does. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get the air gap manifold? You know. Yeah, like, <laughs> bro, from GM, Brad. <laughs> that's right. From GM. What's with this O-ring on the water pump and this mm-hmm. giant long bolt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is pretty hokey. I got to admit. They that feels like that. an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't need to keep that around. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but we've been trying to uh, do as much as we can to be as faithful as possible with uh, making this engine bay look factory correct. And Mm -hmm. we've done a pretty decent job of it. I mean, I've tried to get everything correct and try to do, you know, research where everything is supposed to be and how it's supposed to go. So it it actually, it it looks pretty good in there. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, and today... I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the fast racing series, the factory appearing yes. stock tire guys. Yes. Holy mackerel. Yes. Because they'll have a car that looks like yours, and you open the hood, and it looks like a completely stock motor. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the thing runs like nine flats. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> On stock bias ply tires. Yes. I don't know how they do that. Yeah, uh, Dave Dudek is one of the guys who uh, is kind of a pioneer of that, and he's famous for building some Hemi cars and I think uh, some Corvettes and stuff that just do the impossible. And uh, a long time ago, I was at the the year one experience, which was 
Oh yeah. An event they had down in Georgia. I think it's kind of morphed into the, the Brazelton bash, but, okay. uh, they had the fast racers down there and I was looking at some of these cars trying to, trying to figure them out, you know, because they had to be legal mm-hmm. and they got to be original. But one of the cool things that they were doing, like on the leaf spring cars mm-hmm. is the, to prevent spring wrap up, like half the leaf spring, they would cut the spring and they would add a leaf like from a Ford van or something. Oh, really? That was a super heavy duty, thicker leaf, uh, okay. you know, or, or a piece of steel that was kind of just formed into the, to the leaf shape. Okay. So when you look at it, it looks like a bunch of leaf springs, but it's got a built in traction bar. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's killer. And of course they do all the tricks of, you know, those guys are running iron heads and stuff because that's generally yeah. what they came with. But they're the same ones who would take aluminum heads and grind everything off of them and oh, right, right, paint right. them to look like cast iron and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you didn't, of course, go that crazy, but no. uh, yours isn't exactly what it appears. It, that's true. It is not. It's um, it's well. First of all, the reciprocating assembly is full. Is all forged, forged pistons, rods, forged crank. It's also a stroker crank. So it went mm-hmm. from. Uh, uh, 3.75 inch stroke to um, four and a quarter inch stroke, mm-hmm. which uh, gave me netted from 400 cubic inches to 461. Heck yeah. Yeah. And a roller cam to boot. Yep. 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 And then a little bit of head work. And... Yeah. Our good friend Eric, he uh, took care of the heads for me. I'm using the 6X heads from a 77 Trans Am, and uh, he cleaned those up and rebuilt them. And poured them up, made them look really, really great. I mean, just phenomenal. Did a nice job on those. I mean, put now, really good parts on it, and they're great. How did your uh, carb rebuild experience go? You know, now that you're Mr. Quadrajet over there. Oh, again. went great. I mean, I learned how to build these when I was in high school in my auto shop class. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered how to do it. And I did it before with uh, my first GTO. It had this Carter racing carb on it that ran terribly it was huge and there was a quadrajet in the trunk and i'm like let's build this so i got a Mm -hmm. carburetor kit and i cleaned it up and blew it out and put all these new parts in there and i did the i set the the float level and i put it all together and it ran great i'm like holy cow this really runs awesome (laughs) yeah and i proceeded to get in a lot of trouble with that car yeah well so, and I just did the same thing with that 70 manual uh, carb that mm-hmm. I thought I was going to use and then just did it again with the, um, the 68. That's cool. And it's good. It's, uh, I'm guessing it didn't need the throttle shaft bushings and the epoxy plugs. It doesn't seem plugs. to have needed it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could tell somebody had addressed the well plugs. Well, somebody, had, somebody put some epoxy on there in the past and done something with them. So. But the, the throttle shafts felt good. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be, you know, having any kind of vacuum leak through them with the car running. But we still have to tune it and, you know, set the idle uh, speed and the idle mixture screws sure. and all that. So we still got to do that. And so, but, but everything felt real good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll know more when you drive it, which is coming soon. Yeah. Well, coming soon to a street <laughs> near you. Yeah. And I got to make a little amendment, you know, now that you're talking about uh, the carburetor and vacuum and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. last time we were talking about the vacuum advance hanging up or, or whatnot on my Buick. Yes. And after, 
you and I had discussed this and I thought I had this problem solved. It, it felt like the throttle wasn't closing when you'd get off the throttle. Okay. Get, get your foot off the gas and then it, it wouldn't, it would stay open is what it felt like. Mm. And I'm, you know, you move the throttle back and forth and it's not hanging on anything. There's not any, any stickiness in the linkage. The mm-hmm. choke is working fine. So I, I moved on to the vacuum advance and I did find out that, uh, it was stuck a little bit because it's it's original, but I, I lubed it and freed it up and by pulling the vacuum hose on and off and right. I could hear it pop free and everything, and, it, and that worked. And then I drove it again, and it hung again. Come on. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? First, I was I, so, you know, going through engine theory, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. This thing should have like full vacuum at idle. Yes, because because if 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 you're running a vacuum source to the vacuum advance, so a, a, a non-ported right, so manifold source, vacuum. a manifold yeah. vacuum. Yeah. Um, so when I pull this off, it should actually retard it. It shouldn't advance it. Correct. Yeah. So uh, that's not what it was doing. So I'm looking at this thing like, huh? And I thought. I'm going to, I'm going to rev this thing up. I'm not going to shut it off. You know, it's, it's idling high a little bit. So I pull over and I open the hood and I take the air cleaner off. And what do you know? The idle just comes right back down. Uh Uh Aha. And guess what? It was something stupid after all. Something hanging up. Yes. The air cleaner is a, uh, it's made of this um, really exotic material called Chinesium. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we get that material, Kevin? Oh, I can't reveal that source at this point, but uh, it's a open element. You know, it's uh-huh. like every air cleaner that you ever see, except it's not chrome; it's black. Okay. And you know, it's twenty nine bucks from some parts store, and uh, it so, crushes. Yeah. It, it it fits properly. Uh-huh. You put it on and you put the wing nut on, and because I I remember when I put this thing together, I want to make sure nothing nothing hung up in the throttle. You know sure. that's not safe. But if you over tighten that wing nut by like a half a turn, mm. it distorts enough to affect the bottom of the air cleaner housing. Oh gee whiz! So it crushes the filter down, which then pushes down on the base, the and base. the next, it, and then it just rubs. Just hits uh, that throttle linkage. A tiny little bit, mm. and next thing you know, it manifests itself as the idle not returning all the way. You dirty dogs and your Chinesium. Uh. Yeah, and it was strange. It was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a weird way because the, the first 70 Riv I had, and I, I think I've told this story before, I was driving uh, ahead in college, and, and I was late. I worked at the college radio station, and I had to be on the air with a news broadcast at 4.50 p.m. And I left. I was visiting my parents' house a couple hours away for the oh, weekend. Man. And I got this timed out where it's like, I need to average like 90 to get there in oh, time. Oh, my gosh. Right. And this is, you know, again, back in 91. Not that it was legal then, but <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't uh, very smart. So uh, I'm barreling down the highway and... Of course, I get I get pulled over and I got nailed for going ninety three and a fifty five. Oof! And the cop comes up, and I'm trying to think of a story, and 
He's like, I don't even want to hear it. Just you're going to court or you're paying <laughs> this thing, whatever. So a couple things came out of that whole thing. First of all, I, I had to get a job and I was fortunate enough to be going to college uh, without requiring a job. I didn't have to pay for my tuition. Oh. I had to pay for the rest of my life, basically, you know. Right. Um, and I was looking for a job, but I was looking for more of a career path job than just something to give me some money. Yeah. Now I needed something to give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go to court and they, they find me, you know, I guess guilty. And it's a uh, $185 fine. Ugh. That's a lot of money in 91 for a college student. Oh, sure was. Yeah, yeah. That's Making, like all the money in the world. <laughs> well, minimum wage was 425. Ooh, right just right? bucks. So, and I can't tell my dad I got this ticket, you know, I can't hit my parents up for this. I I got to I got to earn this somehow. Yeah. But in my my potential defense, the judge is like, "What the heck are you doing going 93 and a 55 in this old car no less?" Mm. And I said, well, Your Honor, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, I just finished rebuilding this engine. And I put an aftermarket high-performance air cleaner assembly for better airflow and better economy. <laughs> and as I was driving south on Highway 55 there, uh, at one point, I, I went to pass a truck, and I put my foot to the floor. And lo and behold, it hung up on that air filter, <laughs> on, that, on that housing assembly. And I accelerated up to, you know, 93 until I was able to, you know, kick the thing back and, and get it to slow down. So the judge says, so you were driving uncontrollably, just <gasps> out of control acceleration, you know? And I said, uh, well, no, I mean, I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to kick the thing and come back. And he goes, well, why didn't you just shut the car off, put it neutral and turn it off? And I said, well, I'd lose my power steering, you know, it'd, column would lock and i'd be in the ditch yeah oh okay oh, all right yeah. Yeah. Oh, right yeah yeah well i don't i don't really believe you so you gotta you pay us 185 bucks <laughs> i don't really believe you <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and out of that i applied every single place in town and ended up getting a job at taco bell for for one day <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> and and not that it was a terrible job but it, it really wasn't what i wanted to do and uh i i go there i do my shift and i i had interviewed at this at a radio station before and uh i didn't hear anything back and the, the manager is like boy you did such a great job here today uh you know this was kind of your, your tryout day and we're gonna get you on the schedule all next week and i said uh you know about that i i committed to coming in and helping you guys out and working today but i i i can't really continue on and she says well why not and I BS'd her. And I said, well, I got another job. And she's like, well, what did you get? I said, well, I got the, the job at this radio station. And she's like, oh, well, that's fantastic. You know, good for you. Mm -hmm. you know, congratulations. I go, yeah. great. And I left and marched over to the radio station and got hired. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> you fulfilled uh, and, your own destiny. Yeah. So the moral of the story is you can make up some BS today and it will come back 30 years later <laughs> because now yeah, my air cleaner you. actually did hang up. Oh man. <laughs> the exact scenario I described to the judge falsely occurred here. Not to the same degree, but somewhere there's a retired judge who just said, aha, I knew yes. it. 
Somewhere there's a, a retired judge in my neighborhood that's tightening my wing nut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you a stuck I'll throttle. I'll show you. <laughs> Young Osty. That's right. Well, I'm excited. Um, looking Thanks. forward to, to going for a ride and seeing you go for a ride. And I'm sure you're going to share videos with us and we'll share Absolutely. those on all of our socials so our at-home players can play along. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, wouldn't miss it. Yeah, maybe you can set your phone up in the in the passenger seat, you know, on a tripod or something to drive around and and talk to the passenger. You know, we'll share that video. It'd be like you like you're there. <laughs> That'd be great. One of our listeners in Finland or Australia could be in the car with you. In right? the car with me, Australia, right. driving on the wrong side of the road. Yes, in the car with Q. Yeah, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Crikey! Crikey! <laughs> oh boy. And well, with that, we just fell off the Australian rate, rating charts. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> off the charts again. Not off the charts in a good way. Off the bottom of the charts. Yeah, bottom of the charts. Yeah. Well, what will bring us back is answering our riveting Ooh. trivia questions. Ooh. Indeed. Indeed it will. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get to that here. Um, what was yours? Oh, the Firebird thing. Yeah. I asked you. Let me, let me get here back to my notes. Uh, I asked you what was... Um, in 54 and 56, GM debuted the Firebird 1, Firebird 2, concept cars. What was so unique about these two cars? And you said that they had three wheels each. Or, you know, maybe they were turbine-powered. Or they had a dorsal fin. Or they had a dorsal fin. Well, well, you got two out of three of those right. Hey, right on. Yeah, they, they had four wheels. But they were okay. turbine-powered, and they did have a vertical stabilizer fin. Aha! But then so. they have like a narrow, like a tractor wheelbase or something where like the front two wheels were, they were very narrow. They were fairly narrow. It was a really narrow tractor. body. And so yeah. the two front wheels were kind of kind of tight to the body. Hmm. But yeah, so yeah, we're going to give you that one. Congratulations. Hey, awesome. Right on. Yeah, nicely done. To, uh, I have to talk to our official V8 radio statistician and have him tick one in the, in the Osti box. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 the Osti box. I'm using yeah, that again. That's, that's gonna be a new shirt. <laughs> Take one in the Osti box. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So for whatever reason, we were both zoned in on the mid fifties again. Mm -hmm. And uh, my question to you is, what was the highest selling American car in 1957? Without getting too overly specific. And your guess was. 57 Chevy. An admittedly incorrect. Admittedly Chevy. incorrect, but yeah. going for it anyway. Well, you were actually incorrect. You're yeah. Right. You're right about being wrong. Yeah. Well, um, good. I'm right about something. Well, it kind of averages out. Uh huh. Turns <laughs> out it was the 1957 Ford. Really? It, it comprised of their, you know, standard car platform the custom the custom 300 fairlane and fairlane 500 oh, you know, okay. same way as, as we we're talking about the chevy the 150 mm -hmm. 210 blah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah but uh ford surpassed chevrolet sales for the first time since 1935 Ooh, that had to make gm po'd yes it did mm. um and i think uh they 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 quickly regained their title but uh that that's kind of what happened in 57 and it's interesting to think you know when you when you envision henry ford you just envision these 
Model T's and Model A's by the zillions coming off the assembly line. Mm -hmm. And it was because Henry Ford was so rigid and resistant to change that he lost his sales lead by 35. And it took them till 57, long after he had died, to get it back. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, also, it's amazing that they outsold GM because, I mean, you had... Ford had what? Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury. Did they have Mercury in '57? They did, um, and and they also were launching Edsel. Oh, that's true. But this was not Ford Motor Company wide. This was just the Ford, the Ford car. That yeah, the Ford car. What was number one? The Chevrolet was number two. Okay. So GM might have outsold Ford. So that's a, apples to apples. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Car okay. brand to brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll accept that. I'll accept still, my loss. <laughs> still, you know. So just the other day, uh, I was driving around observing how many, I don't know if it was Hyundais or Kias were on the road because I saw a bunch of these cars. And uh, as a matter of fact, just today, our buddy Yardley, our V8 yeah. speed statistician, he and I were having a little text conversation about uh, about those South Korean cars mm-hmm. uh, and how it, it bothers me that, you know, Hyundai was carbon copying some of the designs and I was sending him pictures of like, here's a Mercedes S-Class and here's a Genesis and look mm. how similar, you know, that's a different topic. Yeah. But um, I noticed a whole bunch of these Kias were driving around. And I don't remember if it was Hyundai or Kia. And I wanted to find out exactly how many we're talking about. Last year, I think they sold 642,000 cars. Ugh. But by comparison, 1965 Chevrolet sold over 500,000 Impalas alone. Gee whiz. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, you wonder what this, why the, the U.S. auto industry is what it is it's segmented with competitors they couldn't even have dreamed of yeah you know yeah. back then imagine yeah. going up to you know to harley earl and saying uh yeah you're gonna have to compete with with cars from korea you'd be like are yeah. you kidding me <laughs> we're we're gm the mark yeah. of excellence cadillac's yeah. the standard of the world yeah gm and, and japan and and all the oh, european yeah. imports for um, sure for sure yeah. yeah of course of course chevrolet sold you know half a million in palace what else? What else were there to buy? And, and you know, I think from a competitor there was, standpoint, and there were other cars, but I just think they just had such an amazing level of arrogance to not even notice them. Yes, I, I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, not even paying attention to them. Yeah, then, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Then here come the seventies. Well, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> whoops! <laughs> but that's none of my business. Woo! <laughs> uh, that's right. All right, man. Well, this was fun and exciting. Yes. And, and something uh, to look forward to. I, I will be. Hopefully, our next, our next broadcast, I have even better news. Yes. So. Well, what I think you should do is uh, see if you can get some audio clips mm-hmm. of the car running, and uh, maybe we can figure out that trick where you can play a clip here on the show. We can listen to it. We will do that. Right on. Yeah. Our friends in Finland and Australia, you know, really want to hear it. Absolutely. And they deserve to hear it. They sure do. They sure do. They've been waiting just as long as we've been waiting. (laughs) Right. Well, longer than the show's been in existence. Well, yes. Yes. They've been waiting the entire existence of this show. Yes. It's a new 
Epoch is going to be starting. They deserve payoff. (laughs) Oh, boy. For sure. (laughs) All right. Well, friends, uh, we appreciate you tuning into this nonsense. If you like it, um, there are subscribe buttons no matter where you're listening to us. Uh, I mentioned last time we kind of tuned up our feed and uh, it's been it's been reflecting. We you know we're, we're seeing traffic from uh, listeners all around, which is great. We appreciate you. We welcome you to listen and welcome the feedback anytime, either on the Facebook page uh, or that's uh, eh, probably the easiest way to make comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we appreciate everybody clicking and listening. And until uh, next time, when we hear Mike say. Holy cow, I drove the car. (laughs) This has been V8 Radio, and we will talk to you then.